So there he was, all depressed, sitting in a cold, dark, damp cave, feeling sorry for himself. And why wouldn't he feel sorry for himself? I mean, he had done amazing things for the Lord, and yet people wanted to kill him. It's like coming out of a church meeting after some debate. But there he was. People wanted to put him to death. But he had been faithful. And people wanted to put him to death. I mean, he had been faithful. You, you remember the Elijah story, right? I mean, the man prophesied, did God's bidding as God wanted, the way God wanted it. He prayed and told the people of Israel, there will be no rain for three years. No rain. There will be famine. Famine. And not only that, but during those three years, God fed them. Had birds bring food. He had been faithful. He had been faithful. Not only that, but he went to a widow's house and said to her, prophesied to her, you will have food to eat through the famine. You and your son will live. It happened. He was faithful. The son of the widow died. And he prayed for him. And God raised him from the dead. From the dead. Elijah was faithful. And yet, Jezebel wanted to kill him. And yet, the people were not clamoring his name. <laughs> and then he made it to Mount Carmel. You remember that story, right? You remember that. God sends him. And he says to Ahab, uh, send your people to Mount Carmel. Have them there. Have the whole people of Israel be there. And have your 400 prophets of Baal be there. We're going to show up. And God is going to show who God is. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, the, the prophets of Baal spent... Six, eight hours just screaming Baal's name and praising Baal and cutting themselves up and bleeding and trying to get Baal to act. And Elisha was sitting in a corner most of the time making fun of them. And suddenly, he says, okay, it's my turn. You guys done? My turn. And he makes a pile of wood. And then he says, Fill it up with water, please. So they soak it up all the way. I mean, this, water is, this wood is thoroughly soaked. Thoroughly soaked. And Elisha prays, and the Lord sends fire from heaven. Not only burns the wood, but burns the sacrifice. He was faithful. He did exactly what God asked him to do every single time. And yeah, I mean, you imagine, I mean, that was better than a revival meeting. Seeing that fire coming up from heaven, burning that thing up. 
You know, I mean, hello. You know, just pass the plate, collect that offering, you know. Buy that yet, that jet, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, $10 million jet. Oh, 65 million. Okay, thank you. And yes, okay, it was a little horrific. I mean, you know, he said, okay, guys, you lost, you die, and the 400 prophets of Baal were put to death. Faithfulness. He said it, the seal of the Lord, the fire of God is upon me. I'm, I'm anointed by God to do his will. And their response, great acclamation. The people just putting up, you know, holding him up high and saying, you know, Elijah, the prophet of the Lord, the Lord is back with us. We love the Lord. Nah. No. Jezebel said, I will put you to death. But he was faithful. Wasn't he faithful? Hadn't the Lord done great things through him? Wasn't he faithful? And yet the reaction was not celebration. The reaction was not, let's rejoice in what God has done through this man. The reaction is, oh, the, the queen is going to kill him. Let me go my way and stay away from her. I don't want to deal with that woman. She's dangerous. So Elijah ran away for dear life. But he was resentful. He was questioning God. He was questioning God's lack of faithfulness towards him. He had been faithful to God, but God didn't seem to be faithful to him. And he ran. He ran 40 days and 40 nights. Talk about running away. That's like, you know, moving three states and not leaving a forwarding address. And then he went to a cave. And God was not in the cave. And there he was, feeling sorry for himself. And God shows up. And when God shows up, Elijah does exactly what you and I would do, right? Drop into and to his knees and worship God. Yeah. Actually, he got... He called God to the carpet and he said, hey, yo, I've been faithful. Where have you been? I've been faithful. Where you been? I've done everything you've asked. Where have you been? I've been so faithful. Where have you been? And as he stood there feeling sorry for himself in front of God, God showed up and set him straight. How many of us done what Elijah did? How many of us have been called by God, been called to preach, to teach, to counsel, to care for the needy, to care for those that are brokenhearted, and to reach out to them, and we've done it faithfully, and then we encounter <laughs> some opposition. And we run immediately to God and say, hey, I've been faithful. How come they're not backing me up? I've been faithful. How come they're not with me? 
I've been faithful. How come they're yelling at me? I've been faithful. How come they're not treating me with the respect that is accorded to a reverend? I've been faithful. I have done what you've asked. Where have you been? I don't know about you, but I have to admit there has been moments in my life that I've forgotten that God is faithful. That despite all my best efforts, there are times that it feels, I think, God is not there. But God has proven to be faithful. We are doing sometimes everything that God's asking us. But the problem is that we expect people to react as if we were heroes. Right? You're being faithful to God. You're a religious professional. You're a religious disciple. You're a follower of Christ. You're faithful. You're showing the world what is supposed to be done. So we should all just bow to you and say, wow. Reverend. But the truth of the matter is that despite our best efforts, there are many times that people will not react the way we expect. And that we may sometimes think of ourselves to be doing amazing and great things and forget that the one doing the amazing and great things is God through us. And then when we break down and feel sorry about ourselves, is that we continually forget that it's about God, not about me. Because regardless of how you feel about it, and regardless about what your grandmother said about you, you know, great, wonderful, amazing, you're like the best kid in the planet. You remember all of that? It's all about God. And what God is calling you to do is to be faithful. We forget that despite our faithfulness to God, Satan still has power to steer evil and manipulate many things. And we forget that people's reaction in church, outside of church, in society is not going to be what we want it to be. We forget that we are soldiers behind enemy nine. And that what we are called to do is to be faithful despite what we encounter. Despite the difficulties that we encounter. We forget that the battle is the Lord's. And that while we are focused on what we have been called to do, God still is working with us or without us to accomplish His will. See, Elijah was proven wrong in the cave, not because he had done amazing things for God. He had been proven wrong in the cave because he had forgotten that it was about God's faithfulness and how God would be faithful. He thought he was the only hero. Right? Lord, I'm faithful to you. Why not? Why are you, everything is happening to me. But, and God is saying, wait a minute, Lord, slow down, slow down, slow down. I got 7,000 that are faithful too. And I want you to do this and do that and do the other because I'm still the Lord. And I want you to anoint kings and anoint prophets and continue to do what I'm asking you to do because I am the Lord. 
So God is calling you and I to continue to pray and to preach and to teach and to care and to disciple and to be with people that are brokenhearted and to hold people's hands despite of the fact that we might not be appreciated, well-liked, or praised. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. And it's a faithful God that demands our faithfulness, not because he demands it. It's because there should be any, no other reaction that if God is faithful, I ought to be faithful. I ought to be faithful because he is faithful. Sometimes we get into ministry because we are expecting people's praise. Sometimes we get into ministry because we love the attention. I'm sorry, but we have to admit it. It feels good. It feels good when you leave a church service and somebody says to you, that was a great sermon. Thank you, pastor. And it feels good when you've met with a family and met with a couple and you've counseled them and you've dealt with them and they've moved forward and they're happy and they're thankful for what you've done. But you you don't do that for you. You don't do that because you're a great auditor or a great religious person. You don't even do that because you might be filled of the Spirit and speaking tongues. You don't do that just because you're you. You do that because the Lord has called you to serve Him. We are called to be faithful and to do what he has called us to do, and to leave the rest to God. He is faithful. He is faithful. You might not know what he's doing and when he's doing it and how he's doing it. You are probably just one cog in the wheel. He is faithful, and he is working to accomplish his will in your life and in the life of the people around you. A faithful God demands our faithfulness, not our victories, not not our greatness, but our faithfulness, because he is God.